ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pause Reviews podcast, where Tim and I watch everything we physically and emotionally can in the very short amount of time to try to help find something awesome for you to watch tonight. I'm your host, Frank, joined as always by the trusty co-host I just mentioned, Tim. Welcome, yeah. Timothy. Oof. Oof. Boy. Oof. <laughs> Oof. This is one of those uh this is one of those weeks. That's not true. That's actually not true. This is yeah. we we pulled an audible. Yep. This week has been difficult for many reasons, personally for mm-hmm. both of us and yep. uh and just, you know, with work, day jobs, all this other kind of stuff. Um this was a tough week. And and we we had a loose plan going yeah, into the we week and then discovered that a movie we'd both been really interested in seeing uh for but you maybe more so than I mm-hmm. uh became yep. available. So I am not for this whole 20 bucks to rent yeah. stuff. Um yep. if it was 20 bucks or even 30 bucks to buy the movie outright, mm-hmm. I I would I would do it maybe a little more often. But I'm not going to drop 20 bucks to rent it and then like it and then drop another 20 to own it. So uh so we've been waiting on nobody for yeah. a while. Yep. Um and it was finally available so we pulled in Audible. We were going to initially do Army of the Dead, Lupin season 2 and a mm-hmm. listener request Clifford uh yeah. from Peter. Um and then we replaced Lupin with Nobody. Yep. But in watching both of the in watching Army of the Dead and Nobody, we realized that we actually have quite a bit we want to say. Yeah, um, true. So we also had to put Peter. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about your movie in the next episode. I guarantee uh-huh. it. Uh, but Clifford is being bumped <laughs> for in favor of uh, what I'm hoping is going to be some interesting conversation about these other two movies. Yeah, maybe we did ourselves no favors. Uh, we'll find out uh, if we absolutely love Clifford. Then maybe, maybe we'll regret <laughs> this decision a little bit. Not, not on no, a whole. no regrets, um, Tim. Yeah, no, definitely. no regrets. Uh, it, it's been, it's been a little bit of a struggle. The, uh, I, like you said, not just, not just personally. I, I, I found one of these movies a little tough to chew on. And the other one, I just couldn't swallow. <laughs> so mm, interesting. Um, and I think we're so, going to differ a little bit on yes, nobody. Yeah, so that should I make for so. a good conversation. Yeah, which is what so. I'm anticipating, and that could backfire, and we could end up doing this whole episode in 25 minutes and having plenty of room for these other movies that we didn't prep. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I don't think that's going to be the case. So. Me yeah. So this week, as I said, we're going to talk about the Netflix original film Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. written and directed by Zack Snyder, who, mm-hmm. uh, oh God, that, Zack Snyder is a guy who who giveth and then taketh away. And I feel <laughs> like he really goes through some, some real taketh away moments, like some real long spells of taketh away and and this one yeah. this one for me uh certainly falls in that right like he gives you 300 uh, you know people love or hate it he gives you 300 and then he gives you sucker punch and then maybe watchmen is a little bit decent and then he gives you you know whatever it's just it's it's uh, let's too let's back just and put forth. it this way i feel like if 
anybody <laughs> that was clamoring for the Snyder Cut of Justice League had been served this first, I think <laughs> you might have been. It would have definitely died say, down. Uh, let's not do that. Yeah. Because it's bad. <laughs> Which, on the heels of that, is. Oh, man. I mean, Snyder Cut was actually solid but that's the th- yeah. maybe that's the genius of it right maybe. like it was like justice i mean we're not here to talk about justice league at least not yet we haven't forgotten we do still owe that episode but um you know justice league was such a turd it was hard to imagine it getting any worse than that uh-huh. i i didn't i didn't think it was going to get drastically better i was actually surprised with the ceiling yeah. uh you know that that the snyder cut provided um, but this just brings it cra- like there's been a huge uproar, right? To now that Discovery's kind of behind the wheel and all this other kind of stuff that, um, you know, to to re re uh, rejuvenate the Snyder verse, right? Yeah. Let him right. do the other two movies and and etc. But um, I don't know if if this is any indication of the direction he's heading in. I'm not interested, right? Like, you know, directors, this happens sometimes. Kevin Smith is one of my favorite directors and one of my favorite yes. writers. I was always in awe of the way he could write people, characters, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And, like, in a genuine voice that that resonated and felt realistic and believable, at least in the time, right? You know, yep. maybe people don't necessarily talk that way now, but it certainly felt real. And then... You know, sometimes, you know, like like any of us, they change. People yeah. go through different things. Their artistic vision, uh, you know, the, painters, artists throughout history have had various periods in their careers defined by drastic stylistic changes. Directors are no different. And, mm-hmm. and Kevin Smith, for example, he went down a, a path where he was, you know, his artistic vision changed and it uh, drastically diverted from my interests, and and we had to part ways. He and I, and I know you, he was devastated by that. I know you he. Weren't, <laughs> you weren't interested in in uh, walrus people. Tusk, no. Tusk was the <laughs> beginning of the end, right? Clerks two was his last good movie that that I enjoyed. Uh, so then you got Tusk. Yoga hosers was. Dear God, that was abysmal. And even Jane Silent Bob reboot, like it just. Look, it happens. That's fine. Yes. Yes. If this is where Zack Snyder's going, I'm not interested. And I would have well, gone to bat for this guy on a lot of things that people hated. I can't get behind this one. Well, and I think I think you pointed out a couple of things that I, that um, I think are worth mentioning. Um, that's not his only credit in this movie. No. And I think that is very very telling of where this movie ends up. I mean, this movie was terribly cast. Let's give this first. Let's give it the official stamp of boom. We're talking about army of the yes. dead now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so yeah, before we get into it, like, go give us a little, a, a, a little insight on, uh, on what, what I'm saying here that, you know, he's got some different oh, credits here. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great prompting, Tim. You should be a late night host. (laughs) I feel like I went through the pre-interview and you know just how to set me up. Um, 
Yeah, so so Army of the Dead released this year, and Zack Snyder not only carries writer credit and director credit, which is something that he has done, I would say, I think probably like 90% of the time. He's yeah. usually heavily involved in the writing process and is, is equal parts writer and director. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed when I was watching it is he's also credited as the director of photography, right? right? And I wasn't sure, like... <laughs> It didn't stand out to me that that was something that had happened in any of his previous movies. Yeah. So I looked it up, and it seems like he was the cinematographer on a short back in 2017. But this is the first feature film that he's credited as the DP or the cinematographer. Um, the, their terms are somewhat interchangeable, but not really. Okay. Anyway, so uh, for those who don't know, what's what's the, who's the DP, right? So you have your director. The director runs the show. He's the boss, or she is the boss. They are the boss, and uh, you know they're in charge of casting, editing, uh, the direction of the film, and the actors. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. coming up with the the overarching visual, uh, the tone, the feel. Um, it is their vision that we see on screen, right? A vision only gets you so far. The director of photography takes that vision and actually brings it to life. They are second only to the director on set, right? And uh, and, and they are charged with executing the director's vision. Um, They are the technical experts on how to make the shot work, how to light the shot, how to, you know, use the uh, right equipment, the right cameras, all these kinds of things to get what the director is looking for, right? To frame it out and and et cetera. So for a director to also be the director of photography is not as, uh, is not as short a jump or a leap as, as you might think, these are actually drastically different technical skills uh, on a movie set. And for it to yeah. be the same person and to successfully be the same person would be would would require someone with with really great skill. Yeah. And and I'm not sure Zack Snyder's that guy. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I think the reason that we sort of started questioning this, and and I had heard rumor and, and seen mention that this was a tough movie to visually watch. You know, usually mm. when somebody says, "Oh, this was a tough watch," uh, you know that that you're talking about the content of the movie. But this was right, right, physically tough to watch at parts. There was a a. Uh, a, a filter, I think, is, is what you were leaning towards. But at, at points, the background was just blurry. Not out right. of focus, but like the best way I can describe it is is the, the feature on Zoom. If anybody has been uh, using the blur out your background feature where it's not out of focus, it's just blurred. And it looks weird and it was really, really messing with my head and gave me a headache at, at certain parts. To the yeah, point, I was like, I don't really want to watch this. It's like Zack Snyder showed up on set and was like, "Guys, we're gonna, we're gonna revolutionize the game, and yeah. uh, I'm gonna shoot this entire movie on my iPhone in uh, portrait mode." I'm not an iPhone yeah. user, but I think that's yeah, the thing, right? right? Like, you yeah, can yeah. set it and it blurs your background. So rather than um, technically achieving uh, depth of field in the shot using actual cameras, using awesome lenses, you know, 
things like that. It, it was just a, it was just a filter added on, and everything's blurred out around it. But it looks and feels unnatural. It because yeah. because the image itself is still flat, which is what I think was kind of playing with your eyes and playing with yeah. your head because it wasn't successfully saying this stuff is far in the background. It still felt very much in the foreground, but blurry. Yeah. Which which doesn't look or feel right. Our our brains, our eyes don't process that correctly because it's because it's artificial. It's not correct. Yes. Um yes. on top of that too, there were just some really weird editing choices in terms of uh like just sporadic and, and crazy little camera flares and like little neon artifacts and things that would sort of glitter and flash on screen. And and it was it was so distracting. It felt it felt complex or complicated for the sake of being so, but not yes. necessarily with any sort of purpose or thought given yes. to why. It it felt it felt like a cheap suicide squad. It felt like and it even looks like it just by looking at the cover art. Yes, right? like, yes. It it's just I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's like it's like Mardi Gras for the sake of Mardi Gras. It's just it's I don't know, man. It's really hard to describe it and define yeah. it, but it looked awful. Yeah. I mean, and then just add on top of that, I'm looking at the cover art now and it's very Vegasy, right? Neon, um, bright colors, but it was all desert tone and brown and yeah. burned and again, just tough to look at. So, off But not thing, in a like, good way. Not in like, yeah, yeah. you know, this is a zombie movie. Yeah, I could understand sure. the argument or the, or the or the case for like I wanted the the viewer to 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 feel uncomfortable, yeah, you know, so that they could get the sense and the tone of what the movie is, and you we've seen that play out yep. successfully. Sure. Um, that was not the case here. This all yeah. felt like a mistake. It yep. didn't feel intentional, and it didn't feel well done. So therefore, yes. it just, it, I mean, it was almost like everything was a bad shot, so he was just throwing up, you know, I, I don't, I'm going to throw someone under the bus. But uh, back in the day, I used to, to do wedding videos, right? <laughs> nice. And before, before my buddy and I, we started, we kind of started this little company doing wedding videos. And before... Uh, you know, we actually got decent tech and and good cameras, and were able to actually shoot high quality HD footage. You know, we were shooting on little mini DV tapes and and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, the 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 footage was was not good. It would it was grainy. It was yeah. muddy. It was whatever. And and our and our skills weren't super up to par either. Um, my buddy Brian was by far the better editor, and uh, so. A lot of times we relied on a lot of masks and filters, right? That that would seem when someone would watch it. Um, he did our wedding video, and you know, and it was grainy and it was whatever, and that was just a limitation of the equipment, not of the man. Sure. But yep. you know, we would put these like you know these textures and these overlays and make it look like an old timey film or like a this. Yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yep. and it's an effort to try to hide our inexperience to hide our failings and and try to mask it as intent. And, sure. and that's what this felt like. It felt like Zack Snyder had no freaking clue what he was doing as a director of photography. And instead of just staying in his lane and bringing on someone to enact his vision correctly, 
you know, he took on more than he could chew. And in the end, and in post, he just had to to try to mask it all as, as intentional. And maybe it was, but honestly, either way, it sucked. Yeah. Uh, and we, we haven't even gotten to the movie itself. No. And I will tell you, <laughs> it doesn't get better. I, Take us there, Tim. Take I, us to Flavor Town. Oh, God. I, I, I was in it to the point of I've seen a lot of zombie movies. There's not much unique to a zombie movie, right? Sure. Anymore. Um, the setup was kind of okay. Yep. Agreed. Uh, in the, you know, Vegas is lost, um, you know, to this well, military experience. The setup was okay, but also really vague. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you ever saw sort of like, like Dracula 2000 or something like, like this idea of there's this alpha spreader, right? Yeah. Yep. And but how did he come to be? Was he yeah. a genetic thing? Was it a military thing? Was it a weaponized thing? You know, none of that is really made clear. We just open up to to the military transporting. Oh my god! Yeah, I take it back. I disagree wholeheartedly with you, Tim. The military is <laughs> transporting this mystery box that's you know yeah. we come to find out is filled with this this you know crazy zombie Dracula, yep. and um, he they're driving down the road having a benign. <laughs> boring conversation this other clown shoe gets married is getting a road blowy while yeah. he drives his car which look let's be clear i wasn't talking about this setup this setup is garbage the whole thing is garbage. so <laughs> yeah so this dude is driving down and apparently is just like so enraptured in the throes of passion that he can't keep his eyes open swerves to the side doesn't he, and this is the he doesn't swerve totally off the road right like if someone is totally out of control they're just going to keep drifting and eventually he'd right. end up in the sand yep but he swerves just enough to stay uh -huh. perfectly straight dead on and crash into this military bus that uh, you Who, know. both of them are not paying attention because they're too busy talking about Ooh, when do we, we say aliens. <laughs> when we see the headlights shining straight in their faces, and they undeterred continue their conversation, staring deeply and lovingly into one another's eyes. <laughs> right, like yep. it is enraging. And I'm just yeah. like, at what point? Like, if I'm sitting there having a little conversation, looking to the side, and all of a sudden there's lights right in my face, I'm looking forward, yeah. right? And if some yep. if someone's blowing me while I'm driving, I'm not gonna have my eyes closed, right? If it gets yep. to that point, if she's that good, uh -huh. pull over, <laughs> yeah, right, yep. like, yep. Anyways, so yep. that's how the movie starts. <laughs> I like uh. that this is just devolved into <laughs> but the movie starts and that's so then this 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 uh, this uh zombie vampire yep is set loose on on vegas and yep. and then and then we see apparently this is the setup you're talking about well so just the idea in terms of a zombie movie i was like oh it's gonna be a heist movie set in like this zombie apocalypse yes and i I'm was like, for that I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, you know, a little very Oceans, you know, esque in terms of like, we're going to put a team together and we're going to do this heist. Um, but there's this added element of zombies. And that was it. That After that, there, it, there's nothing delivered on this promise. Um, right. 
it's it, it, well, it's, it's so muddied by. You're everything. spot on. Yes, by everything. Because but, what I what I was thinking was this is the classic example that we have talked about before of there's not enough going on with this story so we add too much to it too much conflict right right like it's not enough that this is a heist movie going into this locked down vegas that is now zombie territory we have to add a father daughter fractured relationship dynamic right oh but that's not enough we need to add a uh my friend risked their lives to you know steal some money from a broke down casino and you know she's a mother of two and she's stuck in there i gotta go rescue her all right we gotta add that oh then okay still not enough going on so eventually we're going to add a love dynamic between two of the lead and uh and one of the other mercenaries oh that's that's still not enough oh and that happens at like minute 199 of 200 right and is at no point set up or alluded to prior to that so literally you've Mm -hmm. watched these two characters by the way this movie's two and a half freaking hours long yeah right so you are watching are you kidding me Zack Snyder, like, not everything is the freaking Snyder cut. We don't right. need a three-hour zombie movie. But you do in this B case because you had to add this love story. You had to add this sentient zombie kingdom with a With a zombie baby. And a zombie king and a zombie queen. And then you got to add on uh, the fact that the nuclear bomb that we were going to throw on Vegas, eh, we're just going to bump that up by 24 hours to add a little bit more fake tension to this. And, and why? Then, like, right. And they also, they even tell you, it's like, which I thought was so cheesy and campy, early in the beginning, they're like, everything's great. We're moving forward. We're going to nuke Vegas, and it's going to all happen and coincide with sunset on July 4th. <laughs> Independence Day. This is going to be the greatest firework anyone's ever seen. We're going to nuke Vegas. And and so I'm sitting there. I'm like, what a stupid premise. But at least it's a premise. So you established that, right? Independence yep. Day, freedom from this you know, thing. These refugees are in the camps and whatever yep. else. And so you, know, you set all this up. And then randomly, like two hours in, it's like, all right, guys, we're going to kick it up 24 hours. And it, but why? No reason as to why. You watched these two characters for two hours just interact as friends, and then all of a sudden, how could you not have known I loved you forever? I didn't know that, baby. Let's make sandwiches together. What are you talking about, sandwiches? It can be tofu, and we're going to have conversations about sandwiches. Guys, I know this sounds nuts. This is what happens. This is what happens in the movie. Zack Snyder was out of his mind. And you know what? This movie got a surprising amount of good press. And I don't get it. There's already a a prequel coming out. There's already a spinoff TV series coming off of this. And this movie was a total piece of shit. And add on the top of this, on the top of that, that it was horribly cast. Dave Bautista has no business as a leading man. He cannot carry a film the only character 
who I think can act in this is uh, Dieter, the German safecracker. He was yes. hilarious. Yes. And he was the only person that I wanted to see more of. And he somewhat unceremoniously gets it like sort of uh, the, that story between him and the friend that he makes. Like it's sort of endearing. Like it's kind of nice. But it just it. Yeah, no, I agree. The safe cracker, uh, Dieter. So the actor's name is Matthias. Uh, how do you say his last? His it's Math- He's German. Yeah. Matthias like Schweighufer or something like that. Yeah. Matthias Schweighufer. Yeah, Schweighufer. Yeah, but it's like an umlaut, isn't it? Don't you say Schweighufer? Schweighufer. Yeah. I don't know. So I. I dug him a lot. (laughs) Whenever he was on camera, he was charismatic. He was fun to watch. Uh, He was funny and entertaining. Um, The prequel centers around him. So the prequel movie coming out is called Army of Thieves. And Mm -hmm. it focuses on him uh, and his little band of of thieves working right at the start of this whole zombie thing. Yeah. Um, But I believe it's... And he's actually... He's directing it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthias, mm-hmm. he's he's set to direct. It's still written, I think, by Zack Snyder, so that's going to be unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so you know, he's the most lovable character. I would I would agree with you there. Everyone else feels like absolute B or C squad. Dave Bautista has no business carrying a movie, right? Stuber was awful. Yeah. Uh, my spy or whatever the Amazon thing, mm-hmm. awful. He can't yeah. do it. He's a great character, a surprisingly good character actor. Yeah. Love him as Drax. Yeah. Absolutely. And and what's funny is he hates that character. And I, I agree with the argument, right? If you're a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, Drax the Destroyer is suddenly like much more of an idiot than he is a destroyer. Look, I'm not an actor. Yeah. I'm not yeah. that's not my no. jam. But yeah. I also don't uh bill myself as one. So so if you're going to put yourself out there and say you're an A-list star and a leading man, I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, you're not. And I love you, DC boy, representing our town. Yeah. But just stay in your lane. And yeah. and he just he can't carry this movie. And 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 part of it is his fault, yes, but a big part of it is the writing, man. Yeah. The dialogue, everything about this movie is all it's it's unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even it's just it's it's grown worthy the decisions that 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 are made. You know, I, I make light of the 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 pile, uh, you know, let's let's add another thing to it. But it, it was it was truly grown inducing every time another ridiculous element was added to it. You know, and and one of the things that irked me the most was at the beginning of the movie they have what I felt was completely patronizing. This little like montage of like, this is the plan and we're going to go in and it's like all of them guns blazing. We're going to handle it. We're going to get in there. We're going to get the millions of dollars and we're going to get out, you know, easy peasy lemon squeezy. We're done. We did it. Awesome. And like, you know that's not how it's going to go down. No movie, of zombie movie or heist movie has ever gone down like that. And 
what was the point in that? It wasn't funny. And like I said, to me, it just felt patronizing because I was like, no, I know right now that every single one of these people is going to die. That's just a given. Why waste 10 minutes of screen time on this like glorified, you know, how the plan is perfectly going to go? It, it, it was just dumb. It was so dumb. No, if you look to bring it all kind of home. Yeah. If you are, if you're looking for a movie of ragtag like baddies that you want to root for and, and you know, whatever, watch, you know, watch Deadpool, watch Deadpool 2, right? Yeah. You've got Deadpool and Cable and Domino and the sort of team of misfits who are not the best people coming together to do this. And it's funny, right? This yeah. movie was trying to be a little bit funny here and there, and it fails at that. Even watch Suicide Squad. Suicide uh -huh. Squad's a not good movie, but it's far better than this and far yeah. more successful, too, at the uh, at the artistic license that it takes with, with how it's shot and, and portrayed on screen, right? Yeah. That is this movie done right um yep. you want to watch a unique movie about zombies or or some kind of a creature who sort of becomes a lot more sentient and organized or whatever watch i am legend right yeah. as as these creatures that people think are just stupid you know zombie type creatures suddenly start to think more for themselves and and become more aware and that kind of a thing um because you know that could have been a really cool element right you touched on two things that really failed that could have been awesome one it's a heist movie wrapped up in a zombie movie. Uh -huh. And we have we have shed and gushed so much love on movies that we've seen that that you know sh wolves in sheep's clothing that, yeah. that lie and say, you know, hey, I'm this thing, but really at its core it's something totally different. And, and we just did it last week with Arrival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a family drama masked as an alien movie. Yep. Uh it's you know whatever. We we've done it a bunch. And and that has the potential to be really really cool really awesome and and totally unique and this movie fails at that it fails as a zombie movie and it, yep. it gets lost in its own complexity right uh -huh. in trying to hide its shortcomings of of really bad screenwriting it it tries to hide in a forest of look over here look over here look over here and distraction and bells and whistles and and it's not fooling anybody right this whole narrative of zombies can now procreate it goes nowhere right the zombies barely are a factor all they do is kind of shimmy on camera like a bunch of dancers on camera and there's you know chanting and chirping and listening yep. to each other's bellies and and whatever yep. and but it, none of that is explored none of that pays off none of it comes to fruition and, and it's awful tiger the zombie tiger yo and that stupid thing is everywhere it's in every yep. trailer it's in every image oh we got zombie tigers and who gives a crap like it's just it's not good the family stuff is stupid dave bautista spouts out random gibberish lines in the middle you're in the <laughs> middle of an apocalyptic raid right and, and you're just having these stupid conversations about food trucks and whatever with this daughter who wants nothing to do with you. it's just it's painful to watch it's painful yep. to watch him it's painful to watch 99.9 percent .9 of everyone on camera it's painful uh -huh. to watch every shot for all the yep. reasons you talked about. Yep. This movie yep. sucks, sucks, sucks. It's a one out of ten for me. And an absolute yeah. must not watch. Yep. 
I mean, I, I, I finished it because that's because we had to. We had to. I. We just, take the hits, man. I. There was. I, we could go on forever about just so much bad with this. It, there was, you know, in the end, no urgency. To None. get, you know, like well, the, when you got whole... two and a half hours, Tim, you can take yeah. your sweet time. They could have shot this movie in real time. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, zero. You know, of course they moved the bomb up because I need some sort of artificial urgency. And then even then, it didn't really matter because they didn't really come that close to getting blown up. There are no rules. There's nothing established in terms of a zombie universe or the rules for being infected. And like you said, the zombies barely it's, – it's like later stages walking dead, right? This is this is long after the zombie apocalypse has started. So people aren't really scared of them. They're not really a factor. It doesn't really come into play. They're handled very easily. Nobody should have actually died from a zombie issue this team should have all survived except for stupid stuff that happens to them which isn't really a result of zombies right like i I, they end up kind of killing each other by accident more than anything else uh absolutely completely disappointingly horrible (laughs) i love that you point out too that there's no rules or anything set forward even the few that they do put out there yes they break constantly and there's just there's no rhyme or reason it doesn't make sense. Yep. Right? Now, you know, it's interesting to say the one part is that, you know, what it's kind of like a, what's it called? Like a double agent type thing, right? Where this is, this is. it's, uh, you know, you think it's a heist movie. It's really something different. Because yep. the whole time I'm watching it, and to its credit, whole time I'm watching it, I was like, why are you doing this now? Yeah. Right? Like, why not let them nuke all the zombies, wait a little bit, go in there in some little suits... And go get the money, right? Yeah. Like we see people escape after the nuke goes off, and if everything's Indiana fine. Jones can survive a nuke in a fridge. I'm sure that money would be okay in a vault. That's just it, and we, and someone else survives in the vault, right? Hashtag right. spoilers. So it is, you know. So there's that. So you do at some point find out that that's not really what it's about, and that there is a reason why they have to go in now. But that aside, we watch people get bit by these zombies, and within minutes. Turn mm-hmm. into zombies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We see one character supposedly get bit by a zombie, and then, right, it had to have happened before they get thrown into the vault because yep. after the vault, there's no more zombies, right? So, so this guy gets bit. He sits in the vault for I, who knows how long before he can get out of there. Yep. Uh, and after the nuke happens, which is you know forty minutes later in the movie. We, he sits in the vault, he comes out of the vault, he crawls out, miles and miles outside of Vegas, he wanders mm-hmm. through the desert, he stumbles across a car, he steals that car, he drives into the closest town, you know, easily, conservatively, yep. hours down the road. He yep. gets there, he charters a plane, he gets on the plane, he sits there, he's having a meal, he's flirting a bit, he has a drink, he goes in the bathroom, shows us They're he's just- bitten... They're descending into Mexico at this point. <laughs> yeah. Shows us he's bitten, and then he's just kind of like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. Hashtag sequel. And he still hasn't turned. He is. He has been bit for hours. Yep. Hours. Maybe a day. And he didn't even know it. <laughs> Yo. And, it's and, like, oh, my little scarf. Oh, look at that. Oh, it was so 
bad. That's just one example of just how badly done this movie is. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. All right. Whatever. I have a horrible taste in my mouth now just talking let's about it. Let's put a bullet. Let's put a bullet in the brain of that one. And, yeah. And uh, let's let, let's get to. So that was that was the one I couldn't I couldn't even swallow. Yep. Yep. Nobody was pretty tough to chew on, but mm-hmm. I'm coming around to it. Okay. So w- we had expectations for this one. Me more a little probably than, than Frank. I, I'm still urging him to to go back and revisit, especially in light of this. Um, you know, we've talked about it. Frank does not like Breaking Bad, and I get it. I've watched Breaking Bad again uh, over the winter. I really don't care for it. And yeah, maybe the first season it. was fine, but later on, I just don't care. Um, but Better Call Saul is a different animal, and it is a great show. And I am the least bit surprised by the skill that Bob Odenkirk has as an actor, because he is amazing in Better Call Saul. Wait, um, you? Sorry, you are surprised you. You're not the least bit surprised? I'm not the least bit surprised. Gotcha. You fully and, expected him to be awesome in this, based on yes. what you've seen from Better Call Saul. Correct. He, he is I'm with you. massively underrated in terms of his acting ability. Um, because he plays a character in that show who then plays a character. Like, he's, he's just, he's so much fun to watch. So, leading into this, knowing that he was going to have a starring role in this, and then the obvious similarities to John Wick in the trailers is what this looked like, right? You know, a guy who's retired from a life of nefarious activity, who's highly skilled. Um, I was fully bought in. I watched the trailer once and I was like, this movie is going to be awesome. And we've been waiting on it because, you know, like you said, I'm not in the mood of dropping this money early i don't think any of these releases yet have garnered that that um mulan or uh wonder woman or any of those things like eh, they, they they haven't had the, the greatest ratings to shell out that movie or that money early mm. so when you said sunday night like i got this it's there i was i was down like it was 9 30 i was like don't care i'm watching this no bro, when i i texted i said look man how would you feel about us making a switch because i'm about to buy this movie and i know you've been itching to see it and you were just i believe your words were the second it's there tell me and i will watch it tonight <laughs> i was gonna do other things yep. i have cleared my schedule now <laughs> let me finish my chores because i was working on stuff all day and I'm sitting down to watch this movie. I don't care how tired I am. That's adorable. I'm going to edit that out, though, because then all I'm going to hear from Melissa is, oh, so Tim does his chores first? I don't, <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> oh, baby, I'm real busy. <laughs> <laughs> I did my chores at your house on Saturday, and then I did my chores yeah. at my house Oh, that's on even Sunday. worse. <laughs> Tim's done chores at two different houses. <laughs> oh, God. I'm totally cutting all of this. Anyways, it. yeah, so so you were excited, you watched it. So unfortunately, I I've just been I was left confused by it. I, I just couldn't shake this pit of my stomach feeling that I, I, I still haven't rectified. Um I was again, like the trailer led me to expect a sort of John Wick esque 
to the point that I was like, this movie's in the, in the universe, right? This is somehow going to cross paths with John Wick chapter four or chapter five or mm. chapter six, right? Like down the line, this is setting up for a collision course. Like it just feels like that. It looks like that. It's got the same beats to it almost, right? Like I said, you know, a guy who's retired from this life and he gets pulled back in and I'm like, Awesome. I loved John Wick when I watched it last summer when we did it for the show. I'd never seen it before. I was like, how have I missed this movie? So I was ready for another slice of that. Like, yeah, give it to me. I love Bob Odenkirk. Like I said, I was totally down for this. But then I spent the whole time going, wow, this is way too similar to John Wick. Mm. Or this is not like John Wick at all. And I was taught, I was like stuck between the, this is too similar but this is not as good. So it's interesting. That's interesting because I, I came at it from a slightly different angle. Yeah. You brought this movie to my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you told me about it, and by told me about it, I simply mean like you seemed really amped for it. Yeah. And so I knew it was it was a matter of time before we were going to do it on the show. Yep. And so I think because of that, I intentionally avoided reading too much or watching too much about it. I, I yeah. don't think I ever actually even saw a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, now, based on the rumblings I was hearing, right, because this movie, dude, this movie got a lot of press. Yeah. I mean, people were raving about it. And yep. based on some of the stuff that just sort of fell across my gaze, uh, <laughs> because we can never avoid that stuff, <laughs> is... um. You know, I, I started to get a sense that this might be a lot like John Wick, which which caused me only to retreat further because I was like, Ugh, I, I can't go into this with preconceived biases yeah. and, and notions and judgments because, to be honest, if it's too similar, I'm going to hate it, yeah. right? Because that that's just going to feel lazy to me. So, so I went into this movie knowing very little. Um... The only things I did know was because I was watching, uh, lately I've been getting lost in like YouTube black holes, watching lots of late night show interviews with, with actors, watching lots of uh, acceptance speeches. I know it's weird. I don't know. I've just, that's just been my jam. And then, um, and watching a lot of Howard Stern interviews. Interesting. I just think, dude, he's, he's an incredible interviewer. There's no one else who does it better. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, so with all that, he, he did a couple. And he talked in one of the Howard Stern ones, he talked about his training and how he was like, I really wanted to take this seriously. You know, I didn't want, like, I was, I was hesitant to take the role because I didn't want to be a joke. Like, I wanted yeah. to take this for real. He trained with the same guys, the same team, in the same facility that Keanu Reeves trains for John Wick in. And uh, he, he talked about how he was in the process of doing his training. Halle Berry was there doing hers, and he's just standing there like, Oh dear God! <laughs> like, because he's watching them, and, and as a testament to the amount of effort he put in. Now, I love Bob Odenkirk. I only know him from a comedic side. Yeah, you know, I know him from SNL, and I know him from his writing. I know mm-hmm. him from just his bit roles and character roles in a lot of shows that I would watch. He would just kind of pop in and do stuff. I knew him a little bit from Breaking Bad, but I hated that show. And I haven't seen Better Call Saul. So I I really haven't seen a lot of dramatic stuff from Bob Odenkirk. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how seriously he was approaching this. And I was like, oh, my God, this movie's not a joke, right? So I really wanted to give him as much benefit of the doubt as I could. 
because this was going to be an experience for me, right? Seeing this guy that I think I know is one thing suddenly like totally flipping the script and doing something totally different. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I agree with you completely that I was, I was shocked at some of the similarities and the mm-hmm. level of similarity between nobody and John Wick. And I yes. think that's its major shortcoming. Um, yes. You know what I think I expected, not having seen it, like you were saying you watched the trailers and you thought, oh, this might even be in the same universe. This is going to be similar. You just didn't know how similar. I kind of assumed this was going to be much more, and again, based on some of these interviews I saw, where he was yeah. talking about, like, you know, he didn't want to come in here and just be like this superstar, you know, superhero. You yes. know, he wanted to be a normal guy, so he wanted to get beat up. He wanted to lose. He wanted to do, right? So I saw it more as like a Harry Brown. Mm-hmm. I thought it mm-hmm. was going to be much more of a, just a normal guy, you know, beat down by life, beat down by him circumstances, beat down by his family and all these other kind of things. And something happens. A catalyst happens, right? The inciting incident, right, in yeah, screenwriting. Right. That we're yep. going to be introduced for 10% of the screenplay to this man with just a miserable existence. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something happens and he becomes somebody else and goes on this yeah. like rampage. Uh, uh, Michael Douglas did it in man down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like we've seen this trope from time to time and I think it would have been awesome because he's so believable as that we can yeah. totally buy him as like the every guy, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. A, just yeah. a nobody, a yeah. genuine right. nobody. And then, uh, and I was going to be so excited to watch what came of that. You know, we've mm-hmm. all had that moment. It's so relatable. Um, yep. I was very surprised when it ended up that he was, you know, this trained assassin and killer and, and whatever else. And then suddenly he was Baba Yaga, yeah. right? And he's going after the Russian mob and he's doing all these other things and he's got gold stashed away and he's doing, right? Like, it's a cat instead of a dog. It's a this instead right. of a that. Like it just it got to be a little bit much, and and I thought that was a real disservice to Bob Odenkirk and the character and the potential that it could have been. But it wasn't enough for me to to not like it. We'll get to yeah. that in a second. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, if this movie exists in a universe where John Wick doesn't, yes, I yes. absolutely get it. Right, like. A hundred percent. I'm blown away by this movie. Like, holy crap. On a second watch, I'm kind of digging it a little bit more. You know, John Wick is is a guy who wanted out, never wanted back in. And in this, Bob Odenkirk's character of Hutch thought he wanted out, but he's never felt like himself again. And this was That's all it. about him relapsing and getting back in so where you had all this heart in john wick and all of this you know that that revenge and that that the 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 you know the death of the dog is related to the death of his wife and all that pulls you through that you don't have that here right so there's a little less of a of a of an emotional attachment to his to to hutch's motivation and that's what affected me the first time through. I was waiting for that, yeah, go get him. I get it while you're getting him, right? Like, And it became more on the second watch of like, oh, I get it. 
he's relapsing. He's like a, a, a drug user or an alcoholic or he got a taste and he couldn't stop himself anymore, right? He couldn't hold himself back and he had to release. I, I said before we started recording, it was like he was like a tease, right? He got himself all worked up and then he couldn't like he sexually frustrated and and, and then you know he got all teased and he got blue balls because he couldn't beat these people up. And then, you know, he just he unleashes this rage on on the next situation that calls for it. And that's where we go. Um, I think that's anyone tuning into this one um, and, and watching this one. That's what I would urge you to take from this. Yeah. Right. Do not go into this movie expecting to watch an underdog story. Yeah. It absolutely is not. And you will do yourself a disservice. I think the I, I caught on early on. Right. And, and yep. we were having that very conversation of, you know, John Wick is is this guy who wanted out and never wanted back in, right? He was yeah. yep. he he never wanted that life. It, it just happened to him based on his circumstances, and all he ever wanted was a normal life. Yep. Bob Odenkirk in Nobody absolutely loves being a killer. And, and by extension, his family does too, right? His dad and his adopted brother are very much in the same boat, right? right? That's They're that was his all, upbringing. They're all in this together. They're all retired into obscurity and they're all now chomping at the bit. <laughs> and what makes the character so good and so subtly complex and and relatable, I would argue, there are moments you you must watch him. You must listen to everything he says because yeah. he gives you a lot of exposition in these quiet moments, sometimes through internal monologue, sometimes talking to one of the best running bits is he, he goes to give a little exposition and do sort of a little monologue to someone as they're sort of dying and they always die in the middle of his story. And, uh, but in those moments, it's really for our benefit. And there's a, there's a point where he, he explains his last job. Uh, you know, as a as a contract killer, as a assassin, as a government, whatever, right? And and he talks about how he lets this guy go for a certain reason, and years later follows up on him to make sure that he's upheld his side of the bargain, which is to stop doing what he was doing, right? Yeah. And what he finds is a man who genuinely left that life behind and moved on and seemed happy. He had a family. He had kids. Whatever. And he sees that, and the words he uses is, and I never get jealous, but I suddenly found myself wanting what he had. And mm -hmm. I think he may have even said, you know, or thinking that I wanted what he had. Yes. And so this whole thing, you know, Hutch is in love with an idea. He's yeah. in love with the idea of a he's, normal he's, life. He even says it was all a facade. See, yeah, so so he he wants that because he, he thinks that's what he's supposed to want. And once he has yes. it, he realizes that's not what he wants. That's not him. But he's it's, committed. It's, it's very much our everyday, right? When you log into Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and you see people on trips and people doing all this fun stuff. And, you know, this family's in Paris or that family's in Disney or that family's at the beach and you're – 
you know, in your basement at work, right? right. <laughs> like, you know, oh, I want that. I want to be able to travel freely. I want to be able to whatever. Um, but you don't see all the the day to day, right? And it's anybody who, to any extent, right, yeah. hides a part of themselves for fear of judgment, uh, for fear of, um, you know, being thought, you know, weird, crazy, whatever. Um, just because you really dig it, but you know, like, yeah. you know, people in your life would hate it or judge you for or, whatever it is. Or the fear of missing out. Maybe you're sure. missing out on something else, right? Right. Or anyone who goes through the motions, right? You go you go to college after high school because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And you get a job because that's, and you get married because that's what you're supposed to do, right? This whole notion of what you're supposed to do. To yeah. any extent or level that you've experienced that feeling, right? I feel yeah. like... That's what will carry you into the character of Hutch. Yeah, yeah. Right, because he comes at it from the flip side of that coin. It's the other extreme, right? He is yeah. the unthinkable. That's his normal, and he's pretending to try to live a normal life. Whereas, you know, we are living normal lives and pretend and dream about more, you know, crazy and exotic things. Not yeah. necessarily killing people. I hope that's not what you're thinking, but still, you get the <laughs> point. And so, but I think that's what makes the character so relatable and to an extent heartwarming. It certainly doesn't bring the amount of heart that John Wick chapter one did. That yes. was uh, that was lightning in a bottle. And I yes. and I think that's what I told you. I said, in a world where John Wick doesn't exist, mm -hmm. this movie is ground. We'd be talking about this movie forever. Yeah. Right? John Wick does it way better. At least the first yeah. one does. Yep. Um, and and it's unfortunate for nobody, <laughs> the movie, <laughs> that uh, that that it came second because yeah. it's just a measuring stick you'll never line up to. Yeah, and unfortunately, too, we're boxed into some corners, right? Um, the similarities are not. Are, are not easy to gloss over because they Fact. are so similar, right? Beyond the kind of lead in, we're back with a Russian mob boss. We've got to get, you know, he's got to make his way through all the henchmen and the, the second in command and, Oh, the, the head is crazy. And, you know, he stabs a guy in the eyeball with a half of a martini glass and murders him, you know, just by stabbing him in the face a hundred times. And like, Oh, we can't trust this guy. He's, he's weird and, and unstable. Um, but again, it's the Russian mob and it feels so yeah. similar. And it just, that we are boxed into that corner because there's really nowhere else we can go with that story. Right. I, I don't want to say that it's a, a PC thing or a woke Hollywood thing. Cause it's not necessarily the case and I'm not against that, but we can't have a white guy beating up a Mexican cartel or, you know, inner city drug dealers as this story is told and needed, right? It just it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So I, when I saw that, my thoughts were exactly the same, and and it was like, well, here we go again. And again, John Wick did it better. This this portrayal, and, and I think this will lead into my positives. Yeah. This portrayal of the of the antagonist and this Russian gangster and and his family is much more of a caricature. 
Mm, right? Mm-hmm. And we see him in more ridiculous situations or whatever. Whereas John Wick portrays the Russians as a calmer, more reasonable, rightfully fearful, you know, yes. tr- doing their best to think things through. This yeah. one is much more of a of just a, a, a whimsical uh caricature of what of what what that is. Um yeah. and that in the end that does fit the tone of this movie. This movie yeah. is more satirical. It yeah. is more of a comedy than John Wick for sure. And and for that reason I you know and I'll argue in a second that that we should give it a little bit more leeway. But um but you're absolutely right. Russians are the only choice. It's the yeah. easy choice without offending yeah. anybody, right? Yep. You put a bunch of uh black guys in there as gangsters and he's going to fight them. Well, that's the role that that we always give people of color. And that's yes. the correct argument, right? Yeah. We yeah. need to expand the horizons, right? If it was a bunch of, you know, triad members, if it's a Mexican cartel, if it's whatever, that's that's what we're used to and that is not necessarily the case. That's why part of what makes this movie so great is is Riza plays an assassin on his level, his brother, uh-huh. right? Yep. A person of color who is a good guy and not and, the head of this, you know, gangster organization. But even take that a step further too and add to the satirical element, there's a running joke that the second in command of the Russian uh gangsters is uh is an Ethiopian a Russian man of Ethiopian descent, right? Right, and right. Like, oh, I forgot about as, that. He's just as Russian as the rest of us. And it becomes a thing every time. They're like, oh, what are you, never seen a black Russian before. And he's like, I get that a lot. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> In a pretty killer Russian accent. Yeah. Um, and and so, yeah, it is, that is what it is. And, and yeah. I think, I think that's the easy way to not really offend anybody. And, you know. With things being what they are, who cares if you offend a Russian, right? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. So, so you know, that being the case, I think that's where that makes sense. But let's lead into some of the positives, right? Yeah, yeah. Taking a step back, a 30,000-foot view with a little yeah. bit of perspective, yeah. you know, yes, this movie is hugely similar to John Wick, but does that mean that it can't exist alongside? And I would argue right. that no. Right, mm-hmm. this movie is inherently a bit more comedic because of the casting of Bob Odenkirk, yeah. and he does an amazing job. There's so many scenes in this movie where I find myself chuckling, if not laughing, just because of how it's cut together, how it's done. It's shot masterfully. The opening sequence. Yeah, you know, we I talked paid a lot more attention to that on the second. Did you? Through. Did you see yeah. what I was talking about? Yeah, for sure. So the opening sequence. We talked a little bit about the opening of Army of the Dead. The yeah. opening sequence for nobody. When I'm watching it, I was so pissed off in like instant seconds. Right? It is yeah. so repetitive. Right? We see him in his daily routine. And you just get little one-second blips. You get a sound. You get a whatever, right? So it's him missing the trash, him going for a run, him doing pull-ups, you know, a horn honking as he walks into work, someone at work saying something to him, him coming home, this, that, that, his wife sleeping with the pillow in between them, on yep. and on and on. And this repeats for minutes, for which doesn't <laughs> sound like a long time, but in terms of, right, like in terms of movie time, every minute is an eternity. And this goes every on time- for minutes. Every time she says now, like on the second watch, you miss the trash. You miss the trash. You miss the trash. <sighs> you miss the trash. And so, and and part of it, and here, but here's the brilliance of it, right? Here's what's amazing about it. Number one, 
we all get it. Yeah. We've all got, we all get nagged by our yep. wives, our, our husbands, our spouses, whoever. We, you know, we all feel the, the grind of work. We all feel these things. And so not yep. only is it aggravating and irritating us because of its repetition, mm-hmm. it's also aggravating and, and, and irritating us because we get it. Yep. And what I notice is that when the movie finally starts, right, and we are suddenly thrown into this man's reality of being surrounded, of just living a life that is difficult, to say the least, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I found myself instinctively in the correct mood to receive the tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. The movie set me up for success. It it rattled my nerves. It aggravated me. It irritated me. I felt tense. I felt frustrated. I felt a little bit angry. Yeah. And suddenly I felt like I could go knock the hell out of a couple of brick walls. Right? <laughs> and so yeah, I, I got him. I understood mm-hmm. Hutch's okay. character in minutes. And I, as the movie started and my rage subsided, I was like, wow. That is a masterful filmmaking. That is bringing your audience not only into the movie, but into the mindset that you want them to be in, in a creative and artistic way. And it was yeah. absolutely stunning. Once once I kind of, and that was, look, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's not the case. Maybe it sounds pretentious. Maybe whatever. It's just, that's what it did to me. I don't, I yeah. can't speak that that was its intention. I can't imagine it wasn't. But but that's just that's what I got from it. And 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 from that moment on, I was in because for the next 90 minutes and that's what this is. Right. Yeah. Army of the Dead is total garbage for two and a half hours. This movie is 90 minutes of solid filmmaking and decent screenwriting. Right. Uh, The thievery from John Wick aside. And. And so for the next 90 minutes, I was fully invested because I didn't want to miss another trick. I didn't want to miss another moment. And, yeah. and, and it didn't disappoint me. Enough cannot be said about Bob Odenkirk in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was brilliant. And I'm Absolutely really hoping- brilliant. And I'm really hoping that means that you, you you're gonna give him a try. Better call Saul. I will. It's it's worth it. As promised. And but and here's the thing. Not only is he a phenomenal actor, not only does he beautifully embody this character. Mm-hmm. I totally totally bought him. Um, the moments, these really subtle moments, right, where you you feel his tension building. He yeah. can't do this for one more day. And yeah. there's the scene where the guys are coming on the bus and his reaction is not like, oh no, here I go. Or like, uh, like if it was John Wick, he'd be sitting there and he'd be like, oh, I'm going to have to fight yeah. these guys. Yeah, you know, right. Hutch is sitting there like, please God, bring me these guys because I need to fight them. And yeah. and so, you know, I, I, he sold me on that. And for him to do that, for me coming to this with him as a comedic guy, Mm-hmm. was nothing short of awesome. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, the work he put in to delivering high-quality action sequences, honestly, maybe not to the level of John Wick, because that gung-fu stuff is just next level. Yeah. But Bob Odenkirk showed up for work. 
That dude put in the work. And the fight scenes, the sequences, all of it were flawless, seamless, believable. And I totally, at no point was I distracted like, huh, this is Bob Odenkirk. No, I was invested. I was like, this dude is breaking skulls. That bus sequence, oh my God. Yeah, the the what was really impressive to me about that on the second watch through was that he didn't kill any of those guys. I mean, they might eventually die. Well, we find out, right? The the guy does eventually die because he's like, you they, killed my brother or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, they he the last that we see of him is they're like, yeah, he's 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 toast. <laughs> like, oh, and that's what Baba he was like. He was alive when I left him. But, yeah, but he, he collapses his throat. Right, but. <laughs> What I'm saying is, like, it's not a John Wick thing where every shot was maximum damage, right? Like, sure. It, it wasn't a headshot. It wasn't – there was hardly actually any gunplay in the early fights from Bob Odenkirk, right? Agreed. Like, he kills a guy with a tea kettle, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. he, he strangles a guy with a bus cord Lots and of smacks knives. himself yeah. against a, the, the side of the bus and the stop requested thing is just going ding, 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 Which ding, is exactly you – know. it's so good. Yeah. Stop requesting. Um, Stop requesting. So it's it's, and, and then in the end, it's like a grown up ho- uh, Home Alone, right? Like, yes. Like, I've got a plan. It's and so he, he, good. He arms the the warehouse of his job with you know booby traps, you know a uh, uh, a rocket uh, a, a device that shoots rebar through guys, oh. uh, a, 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 a drill press that uh, explodes a grenade, right? A paint like, can at the top of the stairs that knocks out one of their teeth. <laughs> no, that was Homeland. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will say, you, you know, we've talked about the like the, the, the is Home Alone the, the one where Kevin McAllister caves in a man's throat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we talked about you know the the sort of satiricalness and you know he, he, Bob Odenkirk taking this seriously there's still a fair amount of comedy in this right yes and it works really well i will say my favorite part of this movie is i I guess a cameo a little bit more than a cameo um oh if you're gonna say what i think you're gonna say it's more than a cameo yeah christopher lloyd plays uh plays hutch's dad plays bob odenkirk's character's dad and it was so awesome to see him and he starts out, he's in a nursing home, he's so frail, and you're like, aww, he looks so rough, and he's so old. And he ends this movie armed to the teeth with shotguns, <laughs> and just goes to town with, like, childlike abandon and what's, glee. What's the As, line? Dad, you brought a lot of shotguns. You brought a lot of Russians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he just downs these guys and he is having so much fun. He's like, you know, I tried the retired life, you know, wake up, sleep late, wake up, wander around the quad, have lunch, nap, swim. But damn, did I miss this? And he's just blowing guys away and he's just having so much fun. And it was just, it was great to see him. My favorite, favorite scene is uh, the Russians come for him in the nursing home. And he's always sitting in his recliner watching Westerns. And it looks like he's asleep and the Russians are about to put one in his head. And he grabs the gun and disarms it, blows the other guy away with a shotgun, blows the other guy away with a shotgun. And the orderly who is sleeping at the front desk comes running down the hallway, throws open the door and 
Pops has got the guy smothering him to like holding his mouth shut while he's bleeding out. And the orderly's like, damn it, turn those Westerns down. And he's because <laughs> he thought the gunshots were just from the movie. It was so funny. And he's like, raises the clicker to, to turn the turn the volume <laughs> down. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, I really enjoyed every scene that he was in. Um, it was just absolutely delightful. And I, and I, even on second watch, he was still my favorite part. I couldn't wait to get to those parts. Um, so it's to kind of bring it all home, it's definitely worth a watch. I think absolutely um, does it suffer from, from this shadow. Um, there's tons of articles about whether these are connected or whether these should be connected or not. I definitely urge you to to not connect them. It, it, it doesn't do it any favors. And if you can look past it, there's a ton of meat in this that is different. There's a lot of different flavors to this, and they can absolutely exist. Um, I definitely see myself going back to this again. Um, I, I understand there'll be more. There, there looks like there's going to be a series of these, you know, at least a sequel. Um, and at 90 minutes, it's easy to watch. It's so easy to watch compared to that other garbage that we forced ourselves to watch. Yep, I agree with everything you just said. I think, you know, if if you can separate your brain and watch this in a vacuum, yeah. um I think you will be I think you will be much better off for it. I think you'll enjoy it even more. Yep. I think uh this does suffer a bit. It's you can't escape it. It suffers from the existence of John Wick. But don't let that detract you from really taking in the the styling the which uh, argue I mean the styling is very similar but mm-hmm. just the way that they approach setting up this world setting up this theme these emotions um, and all the subtleties that play out as you watch this movie they're really really enjoyable Bob Odenkirk is like I said he showed up and. Yeah. And is an absolute revelation in this movie, and is and is worth the price of admission just to really see him bring this character to life and to do it so well and so masterfully. Um, it was really fun to watch. I love that you that you closed on Christopher Lloyd. Uh, just remembering he's still around puts a smile on your face. Yeah. And yep. and and he delivers in this movie. Um, yep. It is, you know, a lot of the other characters are arguably forgettable. Yeah. Uh, Connie Nielsen doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, even Riza, like, I, you know, it's fine. But he's not the center of attention anyway. So uh, I think everyone, everyone shows up and delivered exactly what they were supposed to. No more, no less. Um, mm-hmm. Obvious similarities aside, this movie is well worth the time. Um, it's it's available to rent and purchase. It's certainly worth the cost of a rental. Sure, sure. Uh, if you don't think you'll ever see it again, you know, pay the six bucks and 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 check this one out. You won't be upset that you did it, nope. uh, especially if you love that vein of of film, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue I'm not mad I bought it. Twenty yeah. bucks felt like a worthy investment. Sure. So. Um, so yeah, it, it's great. Am I looking forward to a sequel? I'll be very honest with you and say that I'm not. Um, we've seen that fail with John Wick, at least in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, yep. The world just gets too big. And this movie in particular certainly has uh, it has that looming over it. I think this movie is going to get too big. 
and yeah. and the storylines are going to extend. John Wick Chapter One was about ninety minutes, and then suddenly we're up to like two and a half hours in Chapter Three. So yeah, yeah they've unfortunately left a few big loose ends that we have we a we, whole organized Russian mafia that now we're going to yeah. have to contend with. Cause we he, don't know what happens with his family. Um, I mean, his wife's like, go deal with this and then we'll work on us. And we don't see them again after halfway through the movie, right? His, his wife and kids, they're gone. We don't, no, they, no, no. We, we see them at them. the end. Yeah. When they're buying the house. Oh yeah. Totally. And the wife's like, that. and he gets the phone call and we don't hear yeah. what the phone call is. Right. And, and yep. then all of a sudden we know it's something. She's like, does this place have a basement? Yep. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, she's back, but that's exactly my point. And suddenly, yeah. I mean, that part's a little bit annoying. So what? Is, is everything good now? Because now you know your your man kills Russians. You know, yeah. it's like, but but the, but the real point is, is now he's living his true self. So yeah. now he can fully be, uh, you know, himself and therefore present in his life as opposed to feeling like he's constantly focused on suppressing himself and mm-hmm. therefore you know not being fully present in his marriage and in his life yeah. and so yeah and again that you can have these types of conversations with a movie like this yep. is a true testament to how well this movie's made i i wish they would just let this one stand alone and not fall into the trap that john wick has fallen into um, to be fair, John Wick has made buckets of money with each one that they've put out there, uh, but and that's a and that's a hard <laughs> that's a hard precedent to ignore. Um, but I do I do fear that this movie's going to get uh, a little bigger than it can handle as the series goes on. And so uh, watch this one and enjoy this one because I'm mm-hmm. not sure it'll get better than this. Uh, but this one's certainly worth worth the time. I, I give this one a six and a half out of ten. Yeah. I mean, on, on pure value, separated in a vacuum, I totally agree with that. Oh, if I separated it in a vacuum, I would give it higher. Six and yeah. a half accounts for a penalty for it just being way too similar. Okay. okay. You know? If yeah. I had seen this movie first, this movie would yeah. arguably be an eight. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I get it. I agree. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that about wraps us up for this week. Uh, hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, Army of the Dead and nobody. <laughs> I'm totally blanking on the movies we just <laughs> talked about for an hour. Yep. Yep. Um, next week, we don't have a, a movie lined up just yet. So, so stay tuned because we're still trying to navigate the next week or two as mm-hmm. we sort out uh, holiday weekend and, and, our, and my travels and things like that that are going to complicate our recording schedule a little bit so um so just stay tuned on instagram and we will post up what we're going to be talking about next in the next day or two mm-hmm. and you'll have plenty of time to give that a watch it'll all just depend on uh, what we record and when is, yeah. is basically where we're at so um that being said uh, follow us on Instagram at Pause Reviews. Check out the website www.pausereviews.com, hosted by Podbean. You can see all of our episodes there, as well as anywhere that you get podcasts. You can shoot us an email, pausereviews at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, all that kind of stuff. We're everywhere. We're everywhere that you need us to be. So reach out. Let us know your thoughts about what we talked about. Let us know if there's anything you want us to be checking out, anything you want us to watch, anything you want to hear about. We're always open to suggestions, recommendations, requests, questions, all of it. So make sure you hit us up and uh, and engage because that's what we're here for. 
We yeah. love having these conversations, not only with each other, but with you too. Yeah. Let us know some of the hits you've taken. Let us take those hits with you. Let us watch something for you. Let us, you know, give us a couple things that you can't decide between, and and we'll we'll make <laughs> we'll be your your uh, your sommelier Ooh. of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> no man, absolutely, absolutely. Actually, it was it was an awesome moment. A buddy of mine, friend of the show, uh, we've talked about him from time to time. James, he hits me up the other day, and he's like, "Me and the lady are hoping to watch a movie tonight. Thinking about some kind of like a rom com type thing." any suggestions and it was just awesome it was like hell yeah i got suggestions <laughs> so uh you know i was like oh what do you got what streamers whatever so hit us up man if, if you're looking for something to watch um and or you have a question or you want us to uh curate something for you happy to do it and yeah. uh and we'd love to talk about it on the show as well so yep. uh as always friends please have a safe and happy week and we will yep. catch you back here next thursday for another episode of the amazing, incredible, incomparable Pause Reviews Podcast. Happy um, Force. <laughs> yeah, I'm your boy Frank. <laughs> this is Tim. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>